but hey, let's open our Bibles to First uh, Samuel. We're going to be in chapter three. Jehogan right along this morning. Um, yeah, and and again, just uh, echoing what Nick said. Just keep Nick and I and uh, and our wives in your prayers the next couple of days as we uh, we just we go to the pastors' conference. It's always a good time. Always just come back refreshed and. Uh, just get to pour into other pastors and have pastors pour into us. So be praying for that. First uh, Samuel chapter three, and we've been going through First Samuel uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and just seeing the story of uh, uh, chapter one, Hannah. Chapter two, uh, we really saw Eli, the priest and his sons and, and really the theme that we've seen kind of overall so far in 1 Samuel is that uh, God rewarding the faithful and God last week dealing with the, the wicked. God judges the wicked. And so we're gonna kind of continue to see how God's working in Samuel's life, faithful Samuel, and see kind of what he's doing with Eli's sons and Eli as a, as they haven't been super faithful. They haven't been repentant. And we're just going to see that uh, God's getting ready to do something big in the, uh, at the tribe of Israel, with the people of Israel. They're in a time right now where they're, they're, it's, it's a low time in the place of Israel. We're going to see right in our first verse that uh, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And, and it's because the, it was just a time uh, that, that people were just not into obeying God's will. And we're just going to see this time of transition where God's going to clean house in the temple and bring up this kid, Samuel, uh, to, to really transition the tribe of Israel into the next era from judges over to kings. So um, we're going to see four things as we just look at, uh, really, God's going to give a message to Samuel today. And I want you to just look at four things as we uh, that we can see in Samuel being this faithful servant. And again, we're going to see God rewards faithfulness this morning uh, in Samuel. But four marks of a faithful servant that we can find in Samuel this morning is uh, an, attentive, or an attentive ear, an obedient will, a humble heart, and those things all kind of add up to a godly walk. And so let's just, uh, we're going to start right in verse one. And uh, point number one is we're going to see here is that an attentive ear. Verse one, that says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see and before the lamp of God went out on the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. 
Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not know the Lord, nor was the word of Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be. If he calls you, that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. And so again, we see here right from verse one, the word of Lord was rare in those days. And the word of the Lord was rare because people just didn't care to hear from, the, from God. That time frame is just such a dark place. It was like anarchy. Uh, go, if you go back to Judges, it says twice in the book of Judges that each man did what was right in his own eyes. They just didn't care to hear from the Lord. Kind of a lot, a few similarities between what we can see back in the day of Judges and what we can see now. That there's just people out there that don't want to hear uh, the truth. People just do what's right in their own eyes. Their truth is the only truth that matters. Verses two and three, they just show us uh, this metaphor for what's kind of happening in Israel right now. You see, it says Eli, he's blind. He's becoming, he's getting so old that he can't even physically perform the tasks of being a priest. And we saw it last week in verse two that he's given a lot of these tasks to uh, Eli's sons who are uh, unrepentant and wicked. And we're going to see about them later in our scripture. But, but this priest, he's not only physically blind, but he's spiritually, spiritually blind as well. He can't see what's going on. He's let his two sons run the show. We saw back in uh, chapter two, his sons were committing all sorts of sin. His sons were making it to where people didn't even want to come to the temple anymore. People didn't want to make sacrifices to the Lord. They weren't even looking forward to it because they'd get bullied. They'd get mistreated by Eli's sons. Eli's sons uh, were committing adultery, sexual immorality. And Eli did nothing to stop them besides just give them a slap on the wrist and say, knock it off. Why are you doing that? And I think we kind of just see here uh, that, and then we see this uh, lamp. And it just goes into such detail about this lamp. And it says that, uh, that the lamp began to grow dim as well. And some of this is just showing us um, the time frame of what time of day it was, because uh, if you go back to Exodus, it, 
it says the priests were supposed to uh, take care of that lamp, make sure it shines between night and morning. And so for it to go dim, we know it's kind of dusk. We know it's a little bit before dusk, maybe. Um, but that lamp becoming more dim, it kind of just shows where Israel at. Israel is at as a people. The lamp's getting more dim. That lamp that's supposed to be shining on the Ark of the, the Covenant, the law of God, just getting more and more dim, just kind of sets this picture of uh, the grim status of Israel, God's people. The priests are corrupt. They can't see clearly. And the light is just getting more and more dim. People aren't hearing from the Lord. People don't care to hear from the Lord. They're just doing what's right in their own eyes. And when that happens, they only hear what they want to hear. They don't pay attention to God because they're too focused on themselves. But we can see in our scripture that God rewards the faithfulness of Samuel. It says right in the beginning that the boy ministered to the Lord before Eli. Uh, we don't know exactly how old Samuel is when this is going down, but uh, scholars guess probably around 12, maybe 13 years old here. And it says the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord. And you see Samuel being used, being called by the Lord. What an amazing thing that is for the Lord to call out to this young man, this boy. And when God speaks, Samuel listens to him. He's got ears to hear. And uh, Samuel listens, but he didn't really make the connection. It took him three or four times for even um, the high priest Eli to make the connection that this was God talking to Samuel. They go through this three times where Samuel, or God speaks, and Samuel goes, oh, this must have been... uh, This must have been Eli. God says again, Samuel. He says, what, Eli? Eli says, go back to bed. And it takes God calling out to Samuel four times for Eli to, or for Samuel to catch on, for Samuel to finally say, here I am, Lord. but God will persistently pursue those willing to listen to him. What a bummer it is for Samuel or for us if the first time we hear from the Lord and we're confused, because that's a hard thing, right? Hearing from the Lord, how do we hear, you know, how do we know that that's not just my inner voice? How do I know that that's not something I watched on TV? How do I know that's not the enemy telling me to do something? Well, one way we know is because God is persistent. And and if we're faithful to listen, if we've got ears to pay attention and to just go, I'm alert. I can hear what you're saying. God, tell me again. He'll tell you as many times as you need to hear it. 
but how do I know it's the Lord and not just Eli? How do I know it's not a voice that's not God? And number one, the way we know is to spend more time with God. If we spend more time with God, if we spend more time in God's presence, we're going to know that voice better. The best way to discern when God is speaking to you is by being in his presence. Taking intentional time of prayer and worship and reading the Bible. I said intentional time. Time where we can focus on God distraction free. I, uh, I brought this up on Friday night if you were here, but I, I was able to get away for a couple of days and, and, uh, and go camping this week. And, and I was dragged up to uh, a hiking trail. My wife dragged me. I, I'm not a hiker. If you guys didn't know, I'm just not, but, um, but I just, I was, I got up there and, and as the kids sat down to, to eat some lunch while we were up there, I just pulled out my phone and, and just read a few scriptures up there and, and was really just reminded of just how powerful our time can be when we can get alone with God, when we can eliminate all these distractions in my life. And God reminded me of just a, such a cool illustration. And I wish I could remember for the life of me where I, what pastor or what I was watching that had this illustration, but I can't. Um, but just this sermon illustration a pastor used one time, uh, and it's just a wall of TVs. Just um, maybe a hundred to 500 TVs on this wall, and, and they're all playing different images, and they've all got different pictures, and, and there's just sound. You can't even tell what's, what's being played, and the TVs just start slowly turning off just start slowly turning off. And then eventually there's just one TV left uh, somewhere and it's a picture of Jesus on the TV and uh, the words of Jesus coming through the TV. And just what a powerful illustration that is of, of, uh, of how distraction can just get in the way of us just finding time to be intentional with God, to spend time with God to understand what God's doing, to hear from God. It's hard to focus when we've got a thousand things going on around us. Now, I know it's not always practical for everybody to just get out into the wilderness and every day and, and find time. But, uh, you know, it's little things. Getting up before your kids is one way I do it a lot of the time. Uh, could be keeping your phone in the other room while you, uh, b before you do anything else, get into the word. There's ways to do it, but it takes work. It takes work to be, to be able to pull something like that off. Um, but that's how we're going to be able to have an attentive ear to listen to when God's calling us and to know that, yeah, that's God. That's God calling me to do something. <clears throat> Point number two is a, we're going to see Samuel have an obedient will. Verse 10 says, now the Lord came and stood and called as, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, 
speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. And in that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. And therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall be atoned or shall not be atoned by the sacrifice or offering forever. And so you got to go back to chapter two. If you guys were here last week, we looked at chapter two and, um, and that first prophetic uh, judgment that was made to Eli where this unknown man of God comes to Eli and says, I'm going to, I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to do something uh, different because you and your house have not served me well. And I want you guys to look at verse 10 where it says that the fourth time, the, the, the fourth time the Lord calls to Samuel, it's not just a call, but do you see? It says the Lord came and stood and called. I don't know, like to me that, that means that there was a manifestation. God was there with him. What a blessing that is for Samuel who we see is obedient with this message, not only to Eli, where he seeks out Eli and Eli says, hey, this is what you need to do. This is God talking to you and you need to go, just go back to bed. And if God calls again, you need to say, Lord, I'm here. What have you got for me? And that's exactly what Samuel does. He was obedient and receptive to Eli's instructions and then to God's call and answered God just like Eli instructed him to. And what an awesome way to answer God. Speak for your servant hears. I wish we all had the obedience. I wish I had the obedience every time God talked to me to just go speak. I hear you, and I'm going to listen to what you say. What a powerful thing we can do. What, a pow- what power we can accomplish through God when, when we can just allow God to speak and, and just listen with open hearts to what God's got for us. And we see in Samuel's case, it's, a, it's kind of a heavy message for a 12-year-old um <laughs> Okay. Message uh this mess, you know. Obviously, we know that Hannah gave Samuel up at a young age, maybe 3 3 years old, 2 years old, 4 years old, sometime right around there. So you figure 
Samuel and Eli have grown up together uh, for 10, 10 to 12 years. I'm sure Samuel kind of looks to Eli as a father figure of sorts, being raised by him, only seeing Hannah and Elkanah, his parents, every, every year as Hannah would come to the temple and, and give him some new clothes and, and, and just check in on him. But other than that, just being raised by Eli, And he gets this message that, uh, to our knowledge, we don't know that Samuel knows about the events of chapter two and that message that Eli's already received. And so now Samuel's getting this message and saying, well, that's heavy. That message was... uh, that he was, God was about to fulfill, uh, fulfill a judgment. Kind of ironic that God's using the obedient to, to tell, or he's telling the obedient about what he's about to do to the disobedient. Obedience is a hard thing for us. Our flesh just gets in the way, man. The enemy just gets in the way. But obedience is hard, especially when it doesn't make sense to us. You guys ever just find yourselves in situations where something doesn't make sense to you? Something doesn't make sense to you, but God's calling you to do it. God's telling you to be obedient. I'm sure I can really feel for Samuel being in the situation where he's just saying, what are you dropping this heavy stuff on me? Uh, So I'll receive this mess, but I don't know what to do with that. Reminds me of that story of Jesus, um, Jesus and Peter and Jesus telling Peter uh, to cast his nets back out after Peter's been fishing all day and doesn't understand, uh, frustrated, super frustrated. And I'm sure just Jesus telling Peter to put his nets in the water. Just, I've been out here all night. What makes you think things are going to change now? Well, God, Jesus. That's what we have to remember. When we're obedient to God, we're obedient to Jesus Christ. Jesus changes everything. And if it's Jesus calling, then we've got nothing to worry about. God said it. I believe it. That settles it, right? Point number three is a humble heart. We're going to see in verse 15. So Samuel laid down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? Please do not hide it from me. 
God do so to you. And more also, if you hide anything from me of all these things that he said to you. That's a wordy, that's a wordy, wordy verse. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what he sees good. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. Samuel didn't let this message of God go to his head. He didn't let it puff him up. But do you guys, can you guys see this? That Samuel was just given a word of God. A word that rarely comes to people. And when word of God, word coming to people is usually judgment. But Samuel's now using this, uh, this 12-year-old kid, this kid. I'm sure Samuel probably wanted to feel pretty good about himself. Probably felt like he had some power. But what is Samuel's reaction? He gets up the next morning and, and it's business as usual. He opens the gates. Starts doing chores. Starts getting the temple ready for people to come in and, and get ready. The fact that he didn't even want to share that message with Eli because Eli was a, or because he was afraid to, that he, to give Eli that news. Um, it just shows how humble Samuel was in this position. God works through humble people. Pride is a sin. That's the opposite of humility is pride. And God's working through Samuel because of his humility. Because of his ability not to be all puffed up when he hears something. He's not walking around going, I heard from the Lord. He didn't go to Eli and go, Eli, you messed up. And I must be holier than you because I heard from the Lord. Move over, Eli. Your, your time's done here. I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, but it made me think of, uh, I'm sure, a fictional story, but between uh, two radio operators that were aboard a, or one was aboard a, a Navy ship and talking to each other, and uh, this Navy officer gets on the radio talking to this other boat and says, please divert your course because we're going to collide. You need to divert your course 15 degrees to the east. And the guy on the other side of the radio goes, I recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the east. And the naval captain gets back up and goes, sir, this is, I'm the captain of a U.S. Navy ship and you need to divert your course. And Radio 2, this guy on the other side of this radio just goes, no, I think really you need to divert your course. And they argue back and forth with one another. And the, the Navy captain just gets that much more irritated and that much more prideful and just goes, this is an aircraft carrier with the U.S. Navy. We are a large warship 
And if you don't divert your course, we will take action against you. And the guy on the other side of the radio goes, well, this is a lighthouse, so that's your call. And you're just talking to a lighthouse the whole time. But just being so proud of just his position as being a U.S. Navy ship that uh, he's trying to move uh, in immovable objects. But just making me think of just how prideful we can get and, and just how we pride blinds us. We can get so prideful we can't see clearly. We can get so prideful that we're saying things that we don't even understand. Humility admits that we can't do the work. Whether that work be uh, just being perfect, whatever the work is, uh, humility is us admitting that we can't do that work. On the other side, though, faith relies on others to do that work. And, the, uh, and in our case, we're talking about Jesus. Faith and humility play so well together and, and just form with faith and humility comes grace. And these two attributes become real in our lives through a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. The more we get to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the more faith and humility play out in our lives. I also want to just take a look here at um, Samuel, or sorry, Eli. Because Eli's kind of blown it up to this point, but Eli gets kind of a redeeming uh, moment here in the chapter uh, where Eli can kind of humble himself a little bit, um, even though he's screwed up and he knows. It's almost like he knew what Samuel was going to say, right? He already had this all from chapter two. And he kind of gives Samuel this, this easy way to, to just go give it to me, Samuel. You need to let me know what, what, what God's, God's said to you, especially if it's a message for me. <clears throat> and that, that takes humility too, to just know that you've screwed up. And, and to just go, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to humble myself and just say, look, Samuel, you, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Just tell me how it is. And Eli's response is, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. So Eli kind of knows what's coming for him. But it's, it's almost like Eli's got this moment of redemption in Samuel where he screwed up with his two other sons. And now he's got this moment to kind of just go, I'm proud of who you are, Samuel, and, and let me help you how I can. I think we can also just side note real fast, but sometimes the messages that God gives us are hard. 
Sometimes the words that God give us are hard. Sometimes we see things in the Bible. It's the truth. It's a hard truth for people to understand sometimes. But these things are given to us so we can go and hopefully communicate it well and just let people know that Jesus loves them. And this is God's word. This is God's commandments for you. Not because, not because he wants to control your life, not because he's into just ruining your life, because he wants what's best for you. He loves you. And sometimes the message is hard, but we need to be obedient. Going back to obedience for a second. God's giving you something to share with somebody. Let's make sure we're being obedient and sharing that. Even if it's a hard message, would have been pretty easy for Eli just to go to lie and just go, or for Samuel, sorry, to just lie, make something up to Eli's face and just, well, yeah, I don't, you know, it was about something completely different. It had nothing to do with you. Samuel was honest. Samuel said, here's the truth. And, and this might hurt you for a second, but this is God's will. This is God's will, and, and we're going to trust God's will. As we close, I want to just, uh, number four is a godly walk. Verse 19 says, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had has been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of God. When we have an attentive ear, an obedient will and a humble heart, we can walk in a manner that glorifies and honors God. That's what we're seeing here. Those are three key pieces to healthy growth in a relationship with God. And when we can put those together, we can walk in a way that honors God. We can walk in a way that's going to glorify God, that's going to give God glory. We can humble ourselves and say, no, this isn't me. This is God. This awesomeness in my life, I didn't create that. I'm not self-made. That's God. You can sit and wait and listen for God's word and respond. And know confidently that it's God. That's going to set you up to, to walk a godly path. Samuel was faithful to God and God used him to prophesy to the people of Israel. See, such an awesome ending to the story. Samuel grew. It says that, right? It says something similar to that at the beginning. He grew and uh, continued to grow. And we're going to grow if we continue uh, to walk in the way of the Lord. to be obedient to God's will for our life, to spend time with God. But it says the Lord was with him. Something that had changed 
from previous, right? Because we go back in our scripture and it says, Samuel did not know the Lord. Samuel was faithful to the Lord, but Samuel still didn't, hadn't established a personal relationship with God yet. And so Samuel's growing even probably more rapidly and says the Lord was with him. and let none of his words fall to the ground. That means Samuel was a prophet. People knew it. He had favor in the eyes of the Lord, and the Lord was with him. The Lord blessed him for that. And if you look at verse 5, it says, all of Israel knew. Or the beginning of chapter 5, rather. but. Um, I like what Hebrews uh, 1, verse 1 says. It says, long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. We see a lot of similarities here between Samuel and Jesus. Jesus came to reveal uh, the Father and speak God's words with authority. He's that messenger, just like Samuel was to the people of Israel, bringing in this new uh, time of the kings. And God used Samuel in powerful ways, but we see Jesus, and he's our faithful messenger of God's truth guiding and leading us to a deeper understanding of God's will. Jesus is our example. Jesus is our example of perfect obedience. Jesus is our example of a humble heart, a perfect humble heart. And we can look at Jesus and just see the glory of God the, in, in everything that Jesus does for us. What an awesome thing. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up now. Um, but as I close here today, I wanted just to, I wanted to just talk about how, how good God is how good God is when we're able to obey him, how good God is when we're able to have a, to humble ourselves and to have ears to hear what he's got to say to us. <clears throat> we're going we're gonna to do communion now. And as we do communion, uh, communion is just a way that we can remember some of these things that Jesus has done for us. That Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus sent from heaven by God, God's only son, to live a perfect life, to show us how to live, to perfectly, to give us this perfect example of how to how to live, and again, out of love. 
out of wanting what's best for us. And again, just showing the most humility of anybody ever by just taking a perfect person, the person that did probably have the right to be prideful and say, I am the king. If anybody had that right, it was Jesus. And Jesus humbles himself and just says, I'm going to die on a cross for you. I'm going to die on a cross for you. So you, by believing in me, can live one day in paradise with me and my father in heaven. So as we come up here today and man, if if you are a believer in, in Jesus Christ, I invite you to come up and take communion and we're actually, we're going to take it together today. So um, maybe if I can get like uh, three stooges back there to pass out communion. I'm just kidding. I love all three of those guys. <laughs> this is awkward. Somebody else got up. <laughs> but we're going to, yeah, let's take communion together today. And um and just remember, just remember that sacrifice Jesus made for us. If you're here this morning and uh, and you're not sure where you're at, or if you're, maybe you're watching online, maybe you're watching at a later date, and you just struggle with knowing who Jesus is, say it. Hey, I'm like Samuel, I, you know, Jesus is okay. I don't really have a personal relationship with him though. I, I like what you're saying here. Like Jesus seems like a pretty cool guy. Um, I want to invite you to, to give your life to Jesus today. I want to invite you to experience that love, to experience all the glory that Jesus has for you on earth uh, and, and as well as in heaven, that one day if you commit to just believing in who Jesus is, that we, uh, that we don't perish. Hell is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. That's a hard truth but the Bible tells us that hell is a real place. And if we don't have salvation in Jesus Christ, that's, that's where we'll end up someday. And, and God sent us our great commission as Jesus Christ followers is to bring others to Jesus because we don't want to see anybody in hell. Jesus doesn't want to see anybody in hell.